Revolution Multimedia LLC presents The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. And I am your host, Sensei Raven Akundayo, CLC. What's good, Misfit Universe? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it has been two weeks since last time we all were together, and I hope that you all are doing well. Uh, things are good on my end. So I guess uh, so that I can tell you about what's been going on in my world over the last two weeks, we can go ahead and check in. So yeah, really quick with my check-in. Uh, my partner arrived here a little over a week ago and it has been wonderful having him in town. We got to celebrate Valentine's Day together. Uh, even though I am not the biggest fan of most holidays, uh, I enjoyed having him here for V-Day. Uh, we all haven't seen each other, we all, the two of us <laughs> haven't seen each other in uh, a few months, the longest we've gone without seeing one another. So it's, it's, it's been pretty special having him in town. Um, so yeah, just enjoying this time together. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much the extent of my check-in. Not much more than that, just enjoying time with him and, you know, the usual adulting that goes on with life. <laughs> but yeah, so let's go ahead and flow into this week's topic. Beforehand, I just wanted to say, as always, the segment times are within the description if you'd like to skip ahead. This week's topic is healing through toxic relationships. When most people hear the term toxic relationship, they immediately assume said relationship must be romantic. How and ever, toxic relationships extend far beyond romantic partnerships. These relationships can show up in platonic and business relationships too, among others. We do ourselves a great disservice ignoring the signs of these toxic bonds we feed and nourish. We turn a blind eye to the festering mold building up between ourselves and others, and we exist within these relationships as they're slowly making it harder and harder for us to breathe. Toxic actions can show up as both micro and macro. You can have daily interactions with a deeply passive-aggressive individual who gaslights you like they're being paid for it. Like a supervisor who sends you emails nitpicking at the smallest, most insignificant things instead of having a face-to-face -face conversation with you instead. Or a friend who only calls you to verbally dump their issues on you, never asking what's going on in your life. These relationships are also toxic. You can also experience physical violence regularly from an individual as well. As a survivor of mentally, verbally, and physically abusive relationships, I can tell you getting out of them doesn't come as easy as one would like for you to believe. Especially if you don't value who you are at the time. What appears toxic to others often feels like safety to you. Many relationships start off with all parties having high hopes for what the future holds. Mind you, I say some, not all. Some romantic partners you meet will be jealous of you very early on, and throughout the course of the relationship, they'll pick at you, slowly chipping away at the insecurities you've shared. Do they love you? Yes. However, you can love someone and not like them. And if your partner doesn't like themselves, well, why should they like you? Then you have your coworkers. These people might meet you and find any number of reasons to dislike you. 
Maybe they assume you're looking to get ahead of them on the so-called corporate ladder. Maybe they see something within you that they've yet to unearth within themselves. This will lead to office office gossip and a need to sully your name for what they perceive to be their peace of mind. Friendships often are the most painful as these people are the ones you rely on if your romantic partners, co-workers, or even family make you angry. However, like your co-workers and romantic partners, many people who call themselves your friends may love you, but they often may dislike you and may see you unearth things within you that they've yet to heal from themselves, and they haven't reached that point yet, and they despise you for it. Friends sabotage. Friends corrupt. Friends guilt one another based off of what one sees as loyalty on a level the two parties never agreed on. Toxicity shows up in many ways in many different types of relationships. Being aware of this can help one to better navigate how they interact with others. Now this, this is just the beginning. Solutions for this will come later on in good news. But now, it's time for my conversation with artist Tokyo Omega. His debut album Mind Over Mayhem was released this month. and We sat down to not only talk about the process of making the album, but also what toxic relationships look like in his life and what he's battled within his own family. He was very candid in this conversation, and I appreciate him being so open to talking with the Misfit Universe about it. But first, I'd like for you all to take a listen to the first single off of the album, which is called Hit Me Up. Enjoy. You got it going on. You got it going on. So you got it going on. For love and I ain't trying to hide I can show up and deliver if you let me inside Hit me up if you looking for love Cause I'm the one you can trust One night ain't never enough I mean you can hit me up Hit me up if you looking for love Cause I'm the one you can trust Hit me up, hit me up Turn the lights on cause I'm ready for action I never work for UPS but you know that I'm packing Cause you know I ain't capping You can call me old fashioned Making love is my passion We could go on a trip and smoke mad marijuana Goes off in Atlanta Wake up and tell you wanna I'll let you call the shots I'll do whatever you wanna Cause I'm trying to stay around September, spring and summer We chase paper Release vapors And we don't get too many fucks about them haters Nobody else in the world could replace ya Your body is a wonderland John Mayer You know I like it when you dip it Pop it, twerk it, stop it Back it up and park it right here Lifting on my rocket I might have to make it rain Reach into my pocket Pound it like a hashtag You a trending topic Baby you a supernova And you're taking over I 
might change your last name Let me get to know ya You're making all these other shorties look mediocre No Harley Quinn, but I know you tired of them jokers You're so one of a kind, so you the one on my mind I've been digging your vibe, so I ain't wasting your time Heard you was looking for love, and I ain't trying to hide I can show up and deliver if you let me inside Got it going on, you know I got it going on, and it goes on and on. We are back, Misfit Universe, and I am happy to once again uh, be joined by a dear friend of mine. You all heard him a couple of years ago on an episode called Healing Through Independence. That was your first time being introduced to him, at least here in the Misfit universe. But he is back with his first, his debut album. And so we're going to get into that today. So Misfit universe, please welcome back to the podcast. As I said, a dear friend and hip hop recording artist, Tokyo Omega. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Konnichiwa, namaste and all that. And all that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, I shared this with you um, offline and everything, but I just wanted to say here how proud I am of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been a long time coming for those of us who have been listening to your music for a while. Uh, so we're glad to have it here. Also, even though I said this to you offline on the actual day, Misfits, you may not know this, uh, especially because this episode is going up after the fact, but we're recording this um, after his birthday. So happy birthday <laughs> here on the podcast for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How did you enjoy your day? Um, It was cool. I spent some time with my sisters and, you know, played video games and nerded out and stuff. Which is so, <laughs> it's so wild you would say that because you quite literally mentioned your sisters and gaming with them on your album. So, <laughs> yes, yes. So it's like hearing you say that is like, that's really funny. It connects back to the album just that quickly. Okay. Those my girls. <laughs> so, how many sisters do you have? I have two sisters. Okay. Melissa and yeah. Melanie. Um, you said Melissa and Melanie? Yes. Okay. And you're not, you're the only boy? Um, I have an older brother. Okay. Did this his name start with an M as well, or is it a J? No. Or okay. <laughs> I was like, I saw a theme going, so I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go ahead and jump into our questions. And during the course of the questions, uh, you all will be able to hear the name of the album. So don't think I just skipped over that. Um, <laughs> you will hear the name of the album as we go into it. I didn't want to say too much at the beginning because it could be in the questions. Okay, so first I wanted to check in with you, Tokyo. Um, how are you mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? Um, I'm finding a balance, you know. Uh, you know, right now I'm a caretaker, so I'm taking care of my mom and stuff like that. So um, that's been a challenge, but overall I've just been like staying strong and um, trying to keep a positive outlook on life and just keep pushing forward with everything going on. Absolutely. So we're definitely sending love and light to both you and your mom, most definitely. 
um, for her and her care, but also for you and your care, because I can only imagine what that's like, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so definitely mm -hmm. sending healing energy to you to keep you going too. So you gave birth to Mind Over Mayhem, and that was on the, uh, wait a minute, let me make sure I read my question properly. So you gave birth <laughs> to Mind Over Mayhem, and on February 10th of this year, you shared your baby with the world. What has the journey of creation been like for you with this project? Oh my God. Um, healing, honestly, because, you know, some records are honestly just conversations I was never able to have with my friends. I just like, I'm not someone who will go to my friends and say, hey, I'm going through this X, Y, Z. I just kind of hold things in, which is not healthy at all. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but um, when I'm recording, it just feels like this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And it's, I don't know, it's therapeutic, honestly. I noticed you said healing, you said therapeutic, so that fits beautifully with this podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said that it felt very healing to you. So what exactly about the process felt healing? Was it was it being able to get out those things that you couldn't necessarily talk about with people on the album? Were there other aspects of it that were healing? Yeah, mostly just like saying what I feel out loud. A lot of times I won't do that. I'll just, um, I'll mask it. I'll find a distraction, you know, I'll, I'll write it down, but I never like speak it out loud because I don't want to acknowledge it sometimes. So yeah, when so I get, did, when I get to the studio, it's just different. So did, did you find yourself kind of pouring out? Cause of course, you know, these are all things that you've held inside. Did you find that you create, did, did everything, let me make sure I'm I'm getting the, because this is a question I didn't have written down. Did everything fall in line perfectly with each song, like each feeling becoming its own song? Or did you find mm -hmm. that you had to find ways to separate emotions? Like maybe you had four different thoughts that all piled into one song. You had to kind of be like, okay, that sounds kind of chaotic. Let me take this out. Maybe it should go into another song. Um, Some songs are kind of like, directed in full to certain emotions i know like um for instance love me not mm -hmm. uh the first verse is about my former best friend and then the second verse is more like um some issues that happened with me and my brother yeah so it just kind of like i guess the theme kind of fit together with the chorus and i just kind of put it together in one song it was like okay i got that out yeah that's gone so got you okay yeah. okay um, as an artist and creative, you give people the full package, the look, the lyrics, the production. None of this is manufactured by a label or anything. So how have you cultivated such a brand over time? Um, finding myself outside of the art. Like I have to know who I was, what I wanted, who I wanted to be, what do I like, um, what is everyone else doing, and how do I make sure like I'm not being a copycat or, you know, a carbon copy of someone else who's already in the public eye, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm just mean. Everyone sees a raw reflection of who I am on social media and stuff like that. You are the epitome of an Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> the epitome of an Aquarius. <laughs> I couldn't imagine you being anything else other than original. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the reason why, like I, I battled for such a long time with accepting that Erica Badu was a Pisces. And I think oh I battled God. with that because 
Pisces are extremely creative people, you know, mm -hmm. very, very creative people. But everything about her energy always screamed Aquarius to me. So <laughs> it was like finding out she was a Pisces was like, what? What? <laughs> is she a February Pisces? I think she's, no, no, no. Wait, it, what is she? Mm, you're going to make me look this up now. I think she's February. And if that's the case, that would make a little bit more sense. Could be a thing. Because um, I'm like, I don't even want to move on with this conversation until I know that. Because <laughs> that's going to be eating away at me. Like, is she? Is she not? Wait a minute. Okay, so Erica Badu is, yeah, she's February 26th. Yeah, could, could be the month, you know, Black History vibes. Come on, Black History <laughs> That's real. That's real. But no, I, I never, have, in all of the years that I've known you, I've never felt like, like, I hear you when you say, you know, um, making sure that you weren't, like, copying anybody or saying anything like that. But nothing about you gives that I could even be a possibility. Like, it, <laughs> since, since I first met you, you've always given off this vibe of just being different. And if anything, I feel like people would <laughs> copy you instead of it being the other way around. Like it definitely happens. I, I definitely see them. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, no shade. Uh, but that happens when people are authentic, you know. Yeah, I've I've seen that even in the wellness field. You know, I don't think I've ever talked about that on the podcast before. But I've absolutely seen people, and I've seen people who, and I guess it's according to you know if you if you want to say have reached higher heights, quote unquote, than I mm. have. But yeah. it's definitely people that I've seen taking things that I've no either shared with them, you know, we're going to say inspired. There we go. I like to <laughs> You kept that nice and unshady. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. They were inspired by me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it there. Okay. <laughs> um, so everything is fine really spoke to me as a song. What life experiences have you gone through that contributed to the birth of that particular song? Oh, wow. That's honestly like one of my favorite songs. Um, actually, the last song I recorded because I was so afraid of actually just talking about the substance of that song. But um, I had wrote that after like a domestic violence incident with my brother, like, mm. you know, and I was, um, I stayed with my sisters for a little bit. And I was, I don't know, I just kind of like, on the inside, I kept telling myself, I'm good, I'm strong, I'll be all right. But um, I started having night terrors mm. and certain things started triggering me and my emotions. And when I, I think about him and that situation and just like, everything's not fine. And I need to like, I can't keep running away from my emotions. I can't, you know, keep hiding that this hurt me. and. Um, I was affected by certain situations and the state of our relationship right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I just had to like really let that out. And so, when I heard this beat, I was like, I can breathe. I can say what I need to say. This is it. Yeah. And so, yeah, everything is fine. Is really, really, really personal. But I love that song. So I, I want to thank you for your transparency when it came to that about your brother. Um, I consider the healing space to be a safe space. So, of course, you know me and, and all of my life coachness. At the very beginning of the conversation, uh, you know, Misfits, we're on Zoom right now, so I can see Tokyo. 
So when I had mentioned his sisters earlier and when I mentioned his brother, it was totally different energies. And yeah. you could see his body react differently at the mention of his brother as well. So I wasn't gonna mention anything about said brother because I saw his energy. And again, this is a safe space. So for you to be so vulnerable in that moment, to bring that up, I think means a lot, you know? Sure. Um, so thank you for that. Send you love and light for that. Uh, what track was the easiest for you to create and which provided uh, a little bit more complicated a road for you? The easiest for me to create? Um, oh my God, I want to say probably oh my God, because OMG <laughs> <laughs> was like so easy. Like I was so frustrated with things going on. Um, like with work and I was into it with some people and I was like, oh my God, leave me alone. Why didn't want let me live? You know, right. I got, I, and I got in there and I was being animated and just like, I felt like I blacked out and I recorded that, but I had so much fun. That's <laughs> real. <laughs> yes, I feel like I blacked out. It was like, yeah, okay. I was like, man, <laughs> let them have it. You don't often hear about such positive things coming from a blackout. But... <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, I would say like the most complicated was probably uh, Love Me Not mm. because the words I said in that song were words I wish I could have said to those people that yeah. I was addressing in that song because I was like Ugh, you need to hear this but you know <laughs> but um, it's even hard to listen to sometimes because I'm like mm. that was my life it's not like it's not like just a song to me that that is my life that is my my diary yeah 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 you know so, so would you consider would you consider Mind Over Mayhem to be kind of like a journal for you? Most definitely, most mm. definitely. Like the way I put the checklist together, it's kind of like a storyboard. You know, the opening yeah. is very campy and arrogant and confident, and then like when you're towards the end of the album, you see this character kind of opening his mind and his heart to what the future holds and mm. what it, they, what they've been through, and so it's kind of like a anti-hero tale in my personal opinion yeah so, yeah. so i wanted to create space for this song really quickly because in all of the questions that i wrote down i don't mention this song and mm. you know i text you or i dm'd you one of the two when you first released the single because i love that song so much but hit me up like i just wanted to create <laughs> space to say thank you for that track because mm -hmm. like thank you <laughs> i don't i don't have a lot of songs from my friends that i bang when i'm in the gym Mm -hmm. But I absolutely rock that when I'm in the gym. That, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was I, a track. I love that song. Yes, yes. Like, just the, the vibe of it. I forgot my exact words that I shared with you when it first came out. But, like, I don't know. It gives me energy when I'm in the gym. It very much gives. And it was the first song that I've listened to in a long time. When Full Moon came out from Brandy. It was one of those songs that gave the vibe of, I just want to be in a convertible with the top down, driving down the highway in Miami. Like it created a whole mm -hmm. vibe for me. <laughs> and so I was like, when I listened to Hit Me Up, it did that. Like it created a whole world for me of what wow. I could do, you know, just vibing out to it. And those are like really <laughs> special songs, you know? Thank you. Oh my God. That's a huge... She and I share the same birthday, so that's a huge um, compliment. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know how that didn't dawn on me when I said that just now. I don't know how 11, that didn't baby. dawn on me. 
Whew, yes. Some amazing human beings were born that day. <laughs> okay, so um, this week's episode is entitled Healing Through Toxic Relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I've been stressing to everyone who I've talked to about the episode that oftentimes when we hear toxic relationships, we just think romantic. So yeah. I wanted to share that for this, we're not talking about just romantic relationships. We're talking about platonic. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, friends with family, with coworkers, all of that. So I wanted to talk to you about some toxic relationships that you've endured and survived through your life. And so if, you know, if you would feel comfortable with kind of touching on that a little bit. For sure. Um, Like I said, my brother, um, we we were eight years apart. And uh, I don't know, like growing up, he was kind of like a hero to me. I wanted to impress him so much. And so I feel like me being the baby boy, it was just annoying to him and I we kind of grew apart as we got older mm-hmm. and then um he made some life choices that i personally don't agree with and um me coming out of the closet he doesn't agree with that and so that caused a huge rip within itself and um for the most part like when we were living together um we didn't speak i come mm. home from work it was like in my mind i was like you're dead to me you're a ghost i'm not gonna speak to you i'm not gonna acknowledge you walk past you and live my life and so he would have, he would like, you know, get high or drunk or whatever and have these episodes where he would just go off and just like yelling things and throwing things in the house. And that's kind of like where our confrontation started because I'm a very quiet person at home. I like mm-hmm. peace. I like quietness. I like to just mind my business. And he was very like, he would poke the bear. Yeah. And some days I, you know, I ignored it. And other days I was like, you know what? Not today. <laughs> yeah. And so it, just, it was just very toxic. I just, you know, you, you get someone can be your, your relative, your blood family, but they're not necessarily family, in my opinion. So Absolutely. I feel like my chosen family has been my biggest rock through all of this. So, yeah. And I'm okay with that. I would hundred percent agree with that. One hundred percent. Um, are you are you if it's not personal to ask, are you out of that situation now? I am. He lives okay. um with other people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you were all good. Um I yeah. always I stress to everybody all the time that your home is your sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And if there is any place where you should feel safe and where you should have peace of mind, it is in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. because the the world is rough. And we deal with enough with not only people we know, but perfect strangers too, especially with the advent of social media. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you go in the house, you should be able to have a place where you can just kind of. Yeah, take it off. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Um, Okay, so I wanted first to say uh, thank you for giving shout out to the Misfits on the track called Reminisce. (laughs) <laughs> for sure <laughs> when i heard that i was like okay there we go bad signal bad <laughs> signal um so this year i named the year of no procrastination what do you still procrastinate on that you would like to be more, more proactive about completing um writing a song in full mm. I'll, I'll do bits and pieces and i'll come back and i do bits and pieces and i come back and then i re-edit and i'll come back and i'm like Okay. I want to be able to sit down and be like, okay, this is the song. This is the idea. This is what I want to say. Boom. Get it done. Knock it out. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so I guess as not only a friend, but as an admirer of your music, I put that challenge out to you for 2023. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, of, co of course, I'm literally saying this, what, two days after the release of your album? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still working on music. I'm still working. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't want to drop this challenge as you're celebrating, <laughs> you know, the first of your first album. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> and for my last question, what does healing look like for Tokyo in 2023? Um, I want to be able to smile and laugh without worrying about everything. Mm. You know, a lot of like I know for years in the past, I would smile for everyone else but myself. I would yeah. laugh for everyone else but myself. I would walk into a room and I just want to make everyone else smile and laugh because I didn't want anyone to notice that I was hurting or notice that I wasn't okay. And so I want to get back to a place where I'm just like, hey, y'all, I'm this bundle of sunshine for real for this time. And <laughs> this is how I feel and it's where I'm at. So that's, that's what I'm working on. Amen to that. I'm also going to put out to the universe that you were able to travel a little bit more soon because I was yes. uh, oh my God. Yeah. I was talking to and of course you know we can talk about this more offline but I was talking to Mario and I was like the three of us really because he didn't know that you and I met before and I was what? like yeah right right I'm like it's not as if both <laughs> of us have not posted pictures <laughs> we have pictures together <laughs> um, but I was like the three of us really have to hang out and he was like yeah that would be really dope so mm -hmm. I'm putting out into the universe that you will be able to travel up here to the north to hang out with us and we can take over, even though Mario is not the biggest fan of New York. <laughs> I love New York. Oh my Everything. God. It is ever. <laughs> when you went up there for the first time, I was so mad I couldn't be there with you. I was like, I just want to uh, take him everywhere, introduce him yeah. to everything. It opened my eyes. Like Everyone was just so like, it was a culture shock, but you know, growing up in the South. So yeah. seeing how everyone just like, minds their own business, they're in their own lane. No one, no one is, you know, shocked that you're a black person who's queer and you're, you know, wanna be a little loud sometimes. They're gonna ignore you. Or if they do like what you got going on, they're gonna let you know like, hey, you look dope, you, you sound right. fly. I'm like, okay, wow, like this is new to me, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love New York, it's a, it's a vibe. And, and I love that you said that because all of the things that I love about New York is often things that my friends who don't live there dislike about it like the whole mind your business piece like i yeah. love that you know everybody's like they just walk into it yes please yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please mind your business i i, I appreciate i that. am not the main character and that's okay <laughs> look it is okay you know like that's okay so much so like one of course you know i consider that to be like the the city of misfits um, yeah, most and definitely. that was one of the things that I loved the most living up there is it was like everybody was just their authentic selves and mm -hmm. they're pumping, you know, like I would tell people all the time, people get frustrated with me because I don't like to stroll a lot, but I'm like, it's because mm -hmm. I know where I want to be and what I need to get done. So it's like living in yeah. New York. I love that because everybody walked with a purpose and I'm like, when you're visiting, you're like, about. let me catwalk over here. Let me take a picture over here. And like, no, New York, right. like, okay, I've seen it all. I've That's seen good. it all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like, have time for care. Times Square. Yeah, like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, okay. In closing, if the misfits want to be able to walk with you on social media, how would they get in contact with you? Website, social media, you know, all that. 
Um, you know, if you like Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram at Hey Tokyo, H E Y T O K Y O. Um, if you like Twitter, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Slay Tokyo, S L A Y T O K Y O. And um, I just joined TikTok, which was a battle for me because you know I'm a little bit older, so I'm not used to all the little things. But now I'm talking to ticks. You can follow me oh. at Tokyo Omega <laughs> I'm on TikTok. I'm there too. So you know. I'm out there. One is the talk of the ticks for me. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, talk, I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to get hip. Talking to ticks now. So that's one. Two, I cannot believe that more than one person on an episode has told me that they've recently joined TikTok. Y'all are wearing that's me out crazy. right now. I, did, I didn't want to do it. I was like, Ugh, I can't dance. I don't lip sync. I, I don't know. This, this isn't for me. But I, I'm there now. I'm being cringy like everyone else. Come follow me. <laughs> so I will say the same thing to you that I said to them. Please keep me abreast of your TikTok journey because I've had people say that they feel like <laughs> as a life coach, I need to be on TikTok, you know, sharing my information and all that stuff. Uh, and I've been very apprehensive. So if you all end up enjoying it, I may take the step and get on. I'll let you know, child. <laughs> <laughs> and Mind Over Mayhem is streaming on all major platforms, right? Correct. Everywhere. Okay. Yes. Yes. So make sure that you listen, you support, and by all means, don't be shy. Get online and tell Tokyo how you feel about it. Uh, don't hesitate to repost. I'm big on that kind of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. go to his page, add him, and then repost what it is that he's sharing. If you don't repost what it is, you have to want you that you want to put on there yourself. I'm big on us showing up for one another. All right. Thank you so much to Tokyo for being on here and joining us in this conversation. And we will be back with the couch. Thank you. Talk now. 
eyes wide open but I still can't see These voices in my head are telling me just breathe I'm constantly giving love to everyone but me I'm sober but it feels like I just OD'd Wait, wait, hold up, I'm trying not to blow up Pop off like a cola, too much trauma to let go of In a bad mood but I'm not a bad dude Give me a break, give me a break, hope somebody can relate I'm offended by all of these fake smiles in my face Stop the gaslighting, skirt, skirt, pump the brakes I'm not a poker player, but I will call you bluff I'm way too good to feel like I'm not good enough Everything's fine in my mind I just need time to unwind Everything's fine But I, oh I, oh I Can't keep running away Can't keep running away All right, Misfit Universe, come and join me on the couch. And of course, always sitting here ready to answer any of your questions along with me is our dear friend, counselor and therapist, Araya Baker. Welcome back, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> I was going to say at this point, it feels weird to say welcome back, especially because now that you're going to be a regular here on the podcast, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like saying welcome back. It's like, this is now your home as well, so. <laughs> hey y'all. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It's like, how are we constantly saying welcome back to your own office? Yes. <laughs> okay, so as I was sharing with Araya uh, before we actually came on with you all, is that we have two questions and then one person who actually provided feedback from a question that he had asked almost two years ago. And Araya and I had both responded back to it, which is so wild to me to know that your first time being on here on the couch was almost two years ago. That's that, wild. That's, that, time flies. Really though. <laughs> so, I mean, I know it's only been like, what, a week or two since we did mm -hmm. the last couch, mm -hmm. but in that time, how have you been? I've been good. I've been trying to implement some of the things that I talked about last time. So the brown noise, relaxation, journaling, um, trying to find a therapist. All those things are still on my to-do list. Yeah. And still working them in, in sort of a New Year's resolution type way. Um, I got sick, so my voice is a little, like, nasally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that is under control, I think. I didn't have, yeah. didn't have the flu, didn't have strep. So I'm grateful that it wasn't anything too serious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, like... To my surprise, like COVID is still going quite strong in these streets. It is <laughs> still like she won't let up. I'm like, girl, re relax, relax. <laughs> give, give us a break. Give us a break. <laughs> I legit have multiple people in my life right now that are battling it, and so I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So along with the two questions and the one uh, person who provided us feedback. I also have a question for you at the very end. 
because okay. uh, this week's episode is about healing through toxic relationships. Mm. And when talking about toxic relationships, I've made it clear to everyone who is going to be on the podcast that this isn't just talking about romantic mm. uh, romantic relationships. This is toxic mm-hmm. uh, relationships with family. Mm-hmm. This is toxic relationships with friends. This is toxic relationships mm-hmm. with coworkers, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like asking each person, how do you navigate that? What does it look like for you, you know? Yeah, that's important. So, okay, we're going to go ahead and jump into the very first question. And the very first question is from Tia. So okay. Tia starts off by saying, my pronouns are she, her, and they. <laughs> my wife and I have been having issues with arguments lately. She tells mm-hmm. me that she needs time to think about things after we have a disagreement, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But her time has gone... Wait a minute, bird. Oh, okay. When she says her time, she means the time she needs to think about it. Okay. But her time has gone from a few hours to a few days. A few days later, and I have made peace with whatever we disagreed on and moved on from it. When she's ready to talk about it, I'm now opening a wound that had already healed with me. I've talked to my therapist about it, but she's straight. I wanted to get an opinion from a queer person. What do you think that I should do? Hmm communication that is a tricky one listen um yeah that's always tricky because it's when you start moving from chemistry to compatibility Mm -hmm. say that more time for the misfits (laughs) you start moving from from chemistry to compatibility which is a big shift and a lot of people feel a connection that is actually not just chemistry i won't like i won't use a value judgment and rank chemistry beneath compatibility But what I will say is like, if you're looking for something long-term, you do need a little bit more than just a spark. Absolutely. Be able to have the skills to work things out and just like the personal preferences that match that will allow you to work things out. And so in this case, it sounds like communication is not, our communication style is not like a personal preference that really syncs up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, hmm. It sounds like Tia is someone who processes more in the moment. Yeah. Per se. Well, not per se, but perhaps like, or processes like the same day or like in a more immediate way versus people need a lot of space. And I've, I've known people who don't like to engage in serious conversations with their partners until they process it with someone else Mm -hmm. and so that could be why the partner needs space needs time to consult with somebody else just to make sure that they are getting the story straight they're not missing anything they're not overlooking anything and that's not unhealthy that's that's a very healthy option but again the problem is like when they don't sync up right Um, i think in that case maybe just like finding a middle ground um if there is a way that y'all could at least check in and you can sort of be sure that she actually is doing the work to process um and you know if she says i need to come back to this at a later time since you know it takes her maybe a week to want to talk about it again maybe a couple days you check back in hey if you look at your schedule what's looking like a good time that we can sit down for maybe an hour or two and talk this out 
And that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that if there's a place where you all can meet in the middle, as far as checking in with one another, I think that that would help a lot. Because I, I feel like from reading what it was that you said, Tia, that a lot of what you're feeling right now is like you're left in the dark, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you've gone and you've made your peace with it, but you're not necessarily certain where she is on her journey. And then she comes out of nowhere days later, you know? And when she says days, you know, I'm not sure if Tia means three or four days or she means a whole week, you know? But yeah. it's like she comes back and you've made your peace. And I feel like it might look different if your wife is checking in with you and at least saying, you know, I understand that I still haven't come back to you. I'm still working on it. But I just mm -hmm. wanted to let you know that one, I haven't forgotten. And two, I haven't forgotten about how you may have healed from it by now, you know? Mm -hmm. Because if you all are married, I'm going to assume and forgive me for my assumption, that you all have been together for some time. And one would hope that she's gotten an idea through these different arguments that you all have had that you come around a lot quicker than she does, mm -hmm. you know? So I think it would benefit the both of you from checking in on each other. So, mm -hmm. you know, as to not make your wife feel like she's only, she's the only one doing the checking in. Maybe you can check with her and say, you know, baby, I'm sure you're not ready to talk about it just yet, but I just want you to know that I'm here. Or I just want you to know that I've made peace with it, but I know that you may not be there yet. Just talking to one another and kind of, instead of just kind of leaving it alone and mm -hmm. waiting for one person to come back to the other, you know? Mm -hmm. I would also encourage Tia to think about how she might take advantage of that time and mm. process alone, like talking with a friend or a therapist or somebody who maybe could help you see that, like, it feels like you're making peace with it, but it's still sort of limited to one perspective. There could be some benefits in sort of delaying or postponing a conversation for a little bit of time that might not be um, evident on the surface. Now, at the end of her message, she did say that she's talked to her therapist about it. Oh, okay, okay, my but, bad, my, my bad, Tia. <laughs> but, but she said that her therapist is straight. So with you mm. saying, well, you know, subconsciously, I'm not trying to get in your head, Araya, but subconsciously, maybe the reason why you forgot hearing that is because once she said that the therapist was straight. <laughs> she's not really, <laughs> she ain't really got this left. <laughs> Yeah. Because she said she felt the need to come to us because her therapist was a straight woman. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, if you felt the need to come to two queer people to kind of get our take on it as well, how yeah. do you feel, you know, because of course, you know, we're not trying to tell her you need to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go and leave your therapist. No, but, no, 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 no. Right. By, by, by no means. But I, I would say, you know, that with you feeling the need to get input from two queer people, even though you'd already talked to your therapist, what do you feel like that looks like, Araya? Like, do you, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to gauge this without, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm overstepping. <laughs> no, 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 I, I would agree. I would say it's not necessarily a clinical issue that needs consultation from a therapist per se. I would say like queer relationship issues I have gotten my best advice from queer friends and people who've, you know, lived that experience because yeah. oftentimes the, the conflicts and the problems that come up in queer relationships are sort of, I guess, infused with sort of very queer, Black, in my case, trauma. Mm -hmm. And so someone who understands the, the context around why my partner might be doing what they're doing or not doing what I would hope they would be doing is a better 
resource for me personally than somebody who's just looking at it as like a he said she said clinical yeah. thing you know absolutely so uh tia we hope this has helped yeah and by all means especially you know now with uh the person who we're going to talk about later responding back and giving us feedback please update us on what's going on and let us know you know how things are going for you and your wife later on down the road thank you again thank you again uh misfits i'll say this at the end as well if you all are interested in sending us questions you can send that to ths pod wait a minute what is it ths <laughs> not forget my own email address oh <laughs> ths at revolutionmultimedia.com if you're like that's a whole lot just go to the description <laughs> for the podcast episode and when you see the description it'll have the email in there and you can just copy and paste it uh we would definitely love to receive your questions okay so the next one is from elijah and elijah says i'm into both men and women but both tell me bisexuality ain't a thing. When I'm with one person, I'm with one person. I believe in monogamy, but that doesn't change who I am. I like men and I like women. It's mm. difficult to be in a relationship because none of them ever believe me when I say I only want them. I never lie and I'm always telling them I like both. I thought being honest from the rip would make, it a sh would make shit easier. At this point, I feel like I need to stop sharing it. But if I think a... I feel like I'm saying this a lot lately. I think a nigga or a shorty. Okay, let me read it back over again. At this point, I feel like I need to don't laugh at me. <laughs> at this point, I feel like I need to stop sharing it. But if I think a nigga or a shorty look good in public, why do I have to hide that? When, why do I have to hide from who I'm seeing? Why do people in LGBT community act like all those letters matter when they don't? The B is always left out. Rafe, I feel like we need to do a separate episode on you a nigga. <laughs> what is the history of... <laughs> <laughs> That's... It warrants conversation. But let's, let's circle back to Elijah. Hearing you go through that, I was like, Lord, you would have thought it was like the worst curse word, you know. We can <laughs> unpack that. Listening. We can unpack that on the podcast, off the podcast. Yeah, there's there's some stuff behind that. But like you said, Elijah, Elijah. Yeah. Elijah, Elijah. Yes, bio erasure is real. Bio erasure is real. And yeah, I think a lot of people feel there are a lot of subgroups in the LGBTQ plus community that do not feel like the solidarity is reciprocal. Trans folks, um, lesbians, um, asexual folks, bisexual folks. So yeah, that's rough because you, you see all of these symbols and like all this advertising that signals okay this is my community and then you get in the community and you start dating start trying to make friends and it's like no one is willing to sort of understand the deeper layers of who you are absolutely um, and so if you can't go to this this community then it's like well where the hell can you go <laughs> 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 not 
But you know, it really, it really be like that sometimes. Like, damn, like if I can't go here, like where the hell can I go? Yes. Um. So yeah, I think this is at least from what I've heard the reason why a lot of trans folks, non-binary folks, bi folks tend to date other folks who identify as they do. They start narrowing down um, just their, the scope of their searches on apps, on um, different platforms, when they go to different dating events, like really focusing on other bi people, other non-binary people, because it seems to be the case that those are the only people who really understand like the complexity mm -hmm. that it's not like especially with bisexuality i think people think it's it has to be a 50 50 thing a 50 50 attraction when it could be a different proportion yeah. for you um and so people aren't just aren't open to that i absolutely agree <clears throat> i agree uh i this one's a little bit more complicated for me to answer only because of my history with friends who are bisexual mm. and i i say this with love so i'm not saying that this is your journey elijah but mm. there are a lot of people who consider themselves to be bisexual when they're not mm. and so i'm i'm just providing elijah with the other side of things you know and mm. why some people may feel like they are I have had friends in the past who were, who said that they were bisexual, but it was because they had a genuine attraction to women, but they didn't want to be in a relationship with a woman, you know? So it's like the sex was there. When yeah. it came time to make things something a little bit more long-term, they weren't here for that. But yeah. they were here for that when it came to men, you know? Yeah. They could see themselves building a relationship, creating a solid foundation with someone of the same sex. But for mm -hmm. them, it was the idea of that with a woman. Mm -hmm. And they were under the impression that it was the level of bisexuality they believed was for them. And you know, in, in that instance, in that instance, I'll take that back. I'll, I'll step back from saying that it's not bisexuality because I'll lean more into what you were saying as far as the ratio, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it could still be bisexuality. For me, I have always assumed that people try to put queer men, those who consider themselves gay, into this box of mm -hmm. you're attracted to men, so that means you only have sex with men, mm -hmm. when it could be more fluid than that. You know, mm. you could be a gay man who does enjoy having sex with women, but that's where the hard stop is. You know, mm. it's like, I can have sex with you, but I don't, th nothing else is taking place after that. You know, there is no relationship. I know that I can't be faithful and stuff like that. So it looks as though Elijah's saying that he operates differently from that. For him, mm. it's not just about the sex. He can have full relationships with both men and women and be monogamous, mm. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in so in in that instance i i send love to you because mm -hmm. i personally and i'm not sure about you araya i personally don't know a lot of people who mm -hmm. exist in that particular area of bisexuality mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know where on both ends they can show up as equal to both partners you know and a lot so of taboo. yes yes so no taboo. no no you're right it's so taboo. you're right um so I, I don't know, I, I guess it goes to what you were saying as far as finding those who show up the same way you do, 
And yeah. I'm not sure how difficult that's going to be because there are people who are in their 40s and 50s who are still battling exactly what bisexuality looks like to them. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, I'm not sure how old Elijah is, but it sounds like he has a pretty good grasp on what it means for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would just add um, that bisexuality, a lot of people see it as like a character thing. Like people claim to be bi because they want to have access to more partners or they like can't control their sexuality. And so just, you know, laying it out there, like if you want a monogamous, or even if you don't want a monogamous relationship, right. just get the point that like you can be faithful and you can make an agreement and say, this is my agreement to you, you know, regardless of my sexuality and my attraction to both genders, all genders, however you want to put it, when I'm with you, that doesn't change the fact that like, I'm going to stick to my principles and my morals that I don't want to disrespect you or hurt you, et cetera. That has nothing to do with being bi. Yeah. Say that. Come on. That has nothing to do with being bi. Nothing to do with being bi. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. their fear. That's their fear. Is. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think it's beautiful that you said that because it's important for Elijah to know that he doesn't have to take that fear on. You know? Mm -hmm. um, I can understand that it creates frustration, but you can't take on the energy that they're pouring into you. Mm -hmm. you can't their their fear and their denial and you know belief in what it is that you're capable of and what you will do doesn't make up who you actually are so yeah and i think they last thing i think they might be conflating it with like dl men mm. like that's still not like you have literally said i'm by you're being totally transparent about who you are totally authentic and real and genuine and that's no shade to dl men because people have all types of reasons why they stay on the dl but you know, like people think, I think especially cishet women, they can have all the gay friends in the world, but then they won't date bi because they think, oh, well, that's going to be uh, a DL cheating story. And it's like, no, sis, that's completely different. Like, let's break this down. Then there's nuance you're overlooking. Ooh, I almost want to high five you through this. <laughs> okay. The critical thinking is missing some slightly critical thinking. Ooh. Listen, I, I feel like we've done a great job with answering questions in the past on the couch, but something about that tag team felt good. Just, I was like, come on. From every side. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to David. And as I was telling Araya, David, you made me go back and search. <laughs> when you provided us with this update, I was like, wait, let me go back and see what it was that David asked. Okay, so I was able to find your question. This is from back in 2021. So I want to read your question and then provide the feedback that you gave us. Okay. So David stated back in 2021, I'm 31 and came out to my brother about a year ago. He told me he always assumed I was gay and that he didn't care. But he said he doesn't know if I should tell our parents. You'd mm. think my dad would be the one I fear telling the most, but my mom is the one that has made homophobic remarks here and there throughout the years. I don't feel like I should have to hide anything about myself anymore, but I don't want my family to hate me. So should I be happy that my brother knows and leave it alone? Should I tell my dad and not my mom? What will you do in this situation? Thanks in advance. So Araya and I had answered the question and this is what his response was. So David wrote back, I wanted to let you both know that your feedback meant a lot to me. 
I decided it wasn't enough for my brother to know. I told my mother and father as well. My father took it well. To my surprise, he told me he's always known. He also told me that he knows that just because I'm gay, it doesn't mean I'll never have kids. I told him I'm glad that he knows that, but I don't even know if I want children. <laughs> my mom didn't receive it well, but over the last almost two years, she's put an effort to do better. She's been honest with me about her struggles and I can respect her honesty. It does bother me that my dad has done his best to educate himself and she hasn't, but I take the victories where I can. I'll continue to listen to the podcast and thank you for the work that both of you do. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I was going to say thank you, David, for because this is the first person to actually provide feedback to the pod before, after we've answered mm -hmm. questions. Even, you know, since I when I was doing the, co the couch by myself, I've never mm -hmm. had anyone um, send feedback back. So I definitely re I received that. I appreciate that, David, for you, you know, wanting to follow up, follow up with us and let us know. Um, I'm glad that you're extending grace to your mom. Uh, I'm glad that she's at least doing some of the work, you know. It may not look the same as your dad, but, you know, at least she's come along from where she was previously. Uh, she could very, she could be very much where she was in the beginning. <laughs> and, you know, just put a hard line in the sand of, I'm not going to move and this is how I feel. But the fact that you can tell us that she's had some growth is a positive. Some people in situations like this move differently than others. So as long as you can see that, you know, she's doing her best to kind of make those move forward, I think that's what matters most, you know? Yeah. And shout out to your dad. Shout out to your dad. I And uh, and then I'll, I'll shut up so I can talk after this. But I'm agreeing. I feel like more and more stories are being told of dads being more accepting than moms. Mm. And, you know, there was this narrative that had been told for years of mothers being the ones that were accepting of their kids, you know, who who knew all along and the dad not accepting because he needed a man and all this stuff. And as time has gone on, we've heard more and more stories of the dad being the one that's the more open of the two and the more accepting. And I'm glad that those stories are being, are being told because we, we need to understand that balance, that it's not always going to look one way, you know? You may have instances where both parents, you know, in my in my family, my mom and dad were both like, we love you no matter what. You know, um, but yeah, so I just wanted to say that, you know, shout out to dads who are, are loving and kind and soft with their young boys when they tell them about themselves. You know? mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> I'm just sitting here shaking my head because that's a word. I feel like, you know, we don't talk about internalized patriarchy and women and like cishet norms, but and it's not women's fault, but like, right. You know, women are under a lot of pressure to be a certain way and to live up to like womanhood ideals the same way men are pushed to live up to manhood ideals. And it comes out when it's time to parent. It comes mm. out shame and not having a son who lives up to, um, you know, the, the ideals that one would want. Uh, that they can sort of parade around as like, look at this masculine, you know, uh, attractive, you know, super tough son that I can take credit for sort of molding. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> but we we have we have the good grades, the good attendance, you know, we we flip it and do Speak. it with gymnastics to do all these accomplishments and none of that matters. Woo! 
<laughs> so that's the other side of it, you know, like while you wait, don't don't put yourself in the position of thinking that you can win somebody's acceptance through like performing and that's their own stuff, you know. You'll, you'll burn yourself out. Mm. That's the cliche. Yeah, yeah. Sip, sip after you say that. <laughs> you know? Perfect. Because <laughs> Araya was about to make me stand up in here, y'all. <laughs> I had to clap because that was the only way for me to get my energy out. <laughs> Just, yeah. Woo, baby. I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you. I'm glad that. You know, you're able to seemingly have peace while people come to their own understanding on their own time. And that's not affect it doesn't seem to be affecting you in a way that is detrimental. Yeah. I'm sure that it's hurtful. I'm sure that it's hard, but you're still moving forward and living your life, pursuing your goals, um, being who you are for yourself. So kudos to you. Absolutely. And, and and I'll also share that I, I hope that at the end of the day, you know that it is your self-love that means the most. You know, mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing that your brother accepts you, that your father accepts you, that your mother is on her journey, you know. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's you loving you. When you go to sleep at night, just know that you know you're a wonderful person, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's what matters most. And I'm glad that you say you're going to continue to listen to the podcast. We appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate that. Okay. So we're going to close out uh, with me asking you about this week's topic, which is healing through toxic relationships. All so right. what has that looked like for you? You can choose one. You can choose multiple um, in your response as far as relationships go. But what has healing looked like for you when it comes to toxic relationships? Yeah, I mean, I I liked how you, you framed this when we spoke earlier as being sort of transcendent of romantic relationships. Like it could be about family, it could be about work, it could be about friends, it could be about romantic partnership too, mm -hmm. not always. Um, and I think for me, I've noticed common threads across those. I think um, people struggle with shame mm -hmm. you know? and i i am someone who's big on self-improvement or go rising <laughs> so <laughs> like even if i don't want to hear it like if it's about self-improvement i'm at you at least have my attention <laughs> yes right i'm gonna want to like weigh it and see if oh okay maybe this could be something that i like you know incorporate this aspect but not totally and so I think that makes me more amenable to feedback mm -hmm. and self-reflection in a way that I have not always observed in other people. Um, and so I think that is something that, I, that has helped me heal, realizing that, you know, what I've learned from all these relationships is to be able to assess someone's willingness to take ownership for their actions. And that involves self-reflection. Mm -hmm. Um, also, just I think um, being able to separate feedback from like a character attack, you know, when people yeah. are saying that, oh, I, I would have liked to have seen more of this from you, if they're telling you that as a partner, 
or as a friend, I, I would hope that you would show up more in this way. They're not saying that you're a bad friend or a bad partner. Yeah. Unless they're also saying they just want to like break up with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but generally, that's, that's like a last resort for most people. But I think people are so uncomfortable with feedback and so uncomfortable with uncomfortable emotions in general that they don't want to sit with that and just take it at face value. They're just giving me feedback because they care about me, because they care about this, what we have, and they want it to last. And so they're trying to like work with me yeah, um, instead of just ditching and abandoning this and, and giving up. And so that in a sense is an act of love if someone is willing to sort of be patient with you and give you the feedback. And so that's what I've learned from, from all of the toxic relationships that I've been through is that a lot of them didn't have to end. Um, they ended not because of what the person did or said or the conflict, but more so because of how the conflict got worked out or didn't get worked out. And mm. had better communication skills, better, better conflict resolution skills in particular, and more self-reflection, I think it actually could have at least ended in a more civil way. Got you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I um <laughs> I wasn't gonna share this with you all, Misfits, but my Zoom has like been doing this really crazy dance. This whole and now it fixes itself, of course, as I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> I attempted to put a background behind me as Araya and I were preparing to record. And I guess my Zoom wasn't ready for that. And baby, it has been trying to do this meld of my face and Araya's <laughs> over and over again with this look of static. <laughs> and I'm it's like, trippy. trippy, right, that part, that word. And I was like, well, it's a good thing I wasn't planning on posting this Zoom conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been shot to shit. Like, okay. <laughs> <sighs> But okay, thank you so much for sharing your uh, your thoughts about this week's topic, Araya. If people want to walk with you on social media, how would they do that? They would just search for me, my name, A-R-A-Y-A Baker, B-A-K-E-R, on any social media platform. On awesome. TikTok, there's the period between my name, but on Instagram and Twitter, it's just my name. Oh, wait a minute. They're on TikTok. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> no, I don't post too much on TikTok. So, you know, if you go over there, don't expect too much yet. There I, we go. <laughs> I'm getting my feet wet. You know, I'm an elder millennial. So a lot of this change is going to take a minute. <laughs> I got to get acclimated. Another platform, another app. Listen, right. another app. And that's what I'm going to need from you. I'm going to need for you because I've had a couple of my friends, especially my life coach friends, who have said to me that I need to be on there. And they were like, your message needs to be heard on TikTok. But I'm not sure. So I'll ask you to just let me know what your experience is like. Okay. So I can figure out if I want to be a part of that universe or not. <laughs> and then I'll coach you if I if I ever figure it out. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Uh, okay, Misfits. So 
We hope that you've enjoyed sitting on the couch with us. And of course, we'll be back with the next episode with the couch as well. Until then, it is time for good news. And now it is time for good news. And the good news is, we can prayerfully all grow from toxic relationships. Not only have most of us experienced toxic relationships in one way or another, but we have to admit that we've been toxic before ourselves. Assuming that we've never been toxic toward anyone else is a glaring indicator of the personal work we still need to do. Most toxic behavior comes from a lack of healing and understanding of self. When we fear looking inward, we act out, as we need somewhere to put that energy, that anger and fear that we have with not wanting to unearth our pains, our, our insecurities and uncertainties. Those moments that changed who we were, we fear looking back over them and trying to heal. It's a fear of healing from what was done to us and what we did to others. So we turn that toxic energy outward and show up in all types of horrible ways towards one another. But we can grow. We can grow within ourselves. Because the number one toxic relationship we need to grow out of first is the internal one we hold ourselves in. We can't show up and know how to navigate every toxic relationship we'll find ourselves in if we can't start at the source of our own pain. When we begin to unearth our pain, hopefully with the help of a mental health professional, you'll begin to see you clearer, which will lead you to see others clearer as well. This isn't to say you won't ever find yourself in another toxic relationship again. That's almost impossible, sadly. However, you will find yourself with better tools to combat sad toxic relationships. You'll save yourself far more time. You'll confront your supervisor or coworkers and you'll ask them to speak with you directly instead of through emails or other coworkers. You'll tell your friends that your life matters just as much as theirs and if you'd like them to be the same safe space for you, then they would want you to be for them. When you heal the pain within you, the toxic mold within you, the vocabulary comes. The words to give life and death to relationships. Situations and experiences come when you heal. We are better than simply existing in these toxic relationships. Say it with me. I am better than simply existing in these toxic relationships. Say it in the mirror in the morning before you leave for work. Say it in the bathroom at work. Say it when meditating. Sit directly to your friends or your partners. Own that. Rise in that. Thank you all for joining me this week. Please make sure to head over to bgsah.com to RSVP for this week's screening of Nana's Boys with a Q&A afterward with writer and director Ashton Pinna. Also, Check me out as the first guest on my dear friend Darrell Morgan's podcast, Brother to Brother. It's on YouTube. The channel is brother underscore T-F-I. So that's B-R-U-T-H-A underscore T-F-I. 
We had a wonderful conversation around the different forms of communication. I think you guys will enjoy it. Thank you once again to Tokyo Omega for joining me this week. Please make sure to stream his album Mind Over Mayhem on all streaming platforms. And as always, thank you to Araya Baker for joining me on the couch. I love answering your questions with them. But that's it for now, Misfits. As always, I love you all. And until next month, namaste.